EG. Yo. Not exactly the day before, the day before, because they're doing this like whole Monday night thing. But, um, you know, we're here with a preview to enlighten. And that's it. Well, it's the day before, the day before, the day before. Yeah, depending on when you listen, too. I mean, some people yeah, might be listening on the day before the day before. There you go. There you there go. You go. The beauty right. of podcasting. <laughs> this is Absolutely. the 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Um, let's see here. A uh, big game coming up Monday against the uh, against the Rams. Monday night at the Field of Jeans. We'll get into that uh, as well. Uh, there's been a key waving of sorts uh, on this 49ers ball club. So we'll talk about that as well. ED, we will get your keys. But as always, we want to encourage you to continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you find your podcast. Go ahead, hit that like or follow button. If there's one of those on your particular subscription service, go ahead and hit that like button, that subscribe button on YouTube as well. Um, hit us up on social media. I'm at R. Haylock. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore on the old Twitter and on Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at Eric Davis underscore 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 underscore. As always, we're presented by the fine folks over at Bet Online. Um, look, there were odds earlier in the week. Your boyfriend Gore is getting into a fight with Darren Williams. They get in the boxing ring, and 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 earlier on, uh, Williams was a 71 percent uh favorite. Uh, you can get. Minus 250 odds for him. Frank Gore was at plus 200. Apparently, Darren Williams has like a boxing gym or something or whatever. Like, he goes hard. So, um, that, okay. should, that should be interesting. Okay. Um, I got my money on. <laughs> if I had money, I'd put the money on Gore. You know, if I had money to put on something, I'd put it on Gore. Um, but you know how I feel about it now. But anyways, that should not uh, deter you from whatever it is that you're trying to do. So, go ahead. Head over to the updated desktop or mobile web- website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, from basketball, college basketball, it's back now, ED, uh, football, whatever it is that you want, Bet Online has you covered, boxing, the UFC, so all the Vegas casino games as well, so whatever it is you want, they got it. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, Bet Online. Where the game starts. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Um, what's up with your boy Frank Gore getting into this fight, man? What's what's up with that? You know, Frank, he just likes to compete. That's that's all I think it is. It's just another way for him to get in there to compete. On top of that, and make a little cheese. Make a little cheese. Are starting. You know, he's just he's just he's um capitalizing on his celebrity. I'm not mad at Frank. Um. But I know if nothing else, you know, the guy's going to get in there and grind and work at it. So I'm like you. I'm with you, man. I wouldn't bet against Frank. We know how this stuff is. It's it's um it's it's all an exhibition. And neither one of these guys are professional boxers. So it's just a question of um just how, you know, just quick, a quick learn skill and determination. I think Frank, he'll be fine in, in the determination aspect of things. So. Yeah, but it'll be fun. But I'm not mad at Frank for going to get that cheese. I'll fight you. <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. No, I, won't. I, I know I'm not stepping in that ring. I've been uh, in that uh, ring. Unless before, there, unless, actually, you know what? I may step in the ring if I had a plan. And that plan would be a quick <laughs> exit strategy, right? I, I go in there, I, I train, I do it up, I That's go in smart. there. Quick exit strategy, because I'm going to get my paper regardless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm telling you, I've been in the ring with with 
real boxers. I've been in the ring with them and just sparring with them and, and going through the workouts with them. But then like get in and I and I literally I was like, OK, now I want you to go and, and do what you would do. So because it's one thing when they're teaching you and you're doing all this, but it's like, let me know where I made this mistake because I want you to put gloves on. And there were I'm not even going to lie within within that first three minute round. There were four times I think I would have been asleep. <laughs> I think like li- like literally where where I, they would have where I, I would have been sung a lullaby, and it's simply because like it's just a skill set that I don't possess. Yeah, and you got to and you got to respect that. You got to respect a, pro- a professional for doing what professionals do. That's just how it is. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I've heard some boxing people say you don't choose boxing; boxing chooses you. So uh, yeah, and, I'm, you know, and I choose not to box. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Speaking, speaking of having a strategy and a plan, uh, there's this Monday night affair coming up here at, at the Field of Jeans, as you like to call it. The Rams heading up to uh, the Bay to take on the Niners. Um, both of these teams coming off similar losses um, at home no less, where they were just kind of physically beat up a little bit. Uh, big news out of Rams camp, Odell Beckham Jr. is the newest member of the team. Not sure if he will play on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Von Miller was the newest acquisition last week, and he did not play uh, in the Sunday night affair against the Titans, but he was also dealing with you know some sort of an ankle injury. So we'll see if, if OBJ can get acclimated. Um, that just makes that wide receiving core even you know even more stout than, than, than it has been. But when you look at these Niners, um, they haven't won a home game, ironically enough, since they beat the Rams last season uh, at the field mm-hmm. of games. Uh, it's been tough sledding. How how do you, before we get into the game, like how do you even begin to process why this team has been so bad at home? Um, well, this team has been bad, period. So that's, that's, that's that, part that of part, it. That part, yeah. So there, so there you go. So you say, why have they been so bad at home? They're a bad football team. No, seriously. Um, it's it's not and, and got not bad players, not bad roster, not necessarily bad coaching. This is a bad team. That's why I say that there's a difference between a team with a winning record and a winning team. It's a mindset thing. It's a it's a it's a philosophy thing. It's an understanding that when things go wrong, winning teams have this this knowledge, this this inner core belief that. Even if things are tough, we're going to win. Even if we make mistakes, we're going to win. We don't have to play perfect ball. We're going to figure out how to win. And the expectation is to always play that perfect game, that you're chasing that perfect game, that you're going to play at this high level. That's Winning teams do that. Bad teams find ways to lose games. They get into this here-we-go-again mode. They, they shoot themselves in the foot. They find ways to make critical mistakes in critical moments. That's what the Niners have done more consistently than one football game. So when you are that way, it doesn't matter if you're home. It doesn't matter if you're on the road. It doesn't matter if you're playing in the middle of the 101, the 405, the, you know, the, the, the 110. It doesn't matter where you play. You're going to find a way to, to mess yourself up, and that's what they're doing. That's what they do. And that's what they, so that's what has to be fixed. Yeah, there's that there's that saying that good teams uh generate their own luck. Luck. They find their own luck. Um I'm not a big big proponent of luck, but I, I do think there's something to that in the sense that, you know, oh, I, typically, I typically good teams, you know, they 
they find a way of, of allowing things to happen for them, right? I mean, they, they typically, yeah. you know, generate opportunities for themselves or take advantage of the opportunities that are given to them. That's something that the Niners have not done uh, so far uh, this season. I mean, you just look at you just look at the turnovers um, or lack thereof, you know, forcing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so you look at the Rams, you look at the, the divisional fall. I was listening to some some Rams guys, um, some of their broadcast guys, they were talking and, and, and they were – talking about just sort of the struggles that the Rams have had with the 49ers uh, of late. Well, not really of late, but particularly of late. And and the thought process was the 49ers don't respect the Rams. Um, This is coming from Rams people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, that may have been the case. Um, You can't walk into Levi's Monday with that being the case, right? Like you got to um, put some respect on on it, especially the way you're playing right now as as a team in terms of the 49ers. Like you you better walk into that stadium with some sort of respect, right? Uh, well, you know that's a yes and a no. You always respect your opponent opponent, but I get what the Rams are saying because they that organization remembers the thumpings. They do. They remember the thumpings. They remember what it took to get, um, you know, remotely close to playing at the level that the Niners played um, because for years they were owned by the 49ers. I mean, I think I went six years in a row against them and didn't even smell, didn't even, didn't even smell them remotely coming close to winning i think the closest they ever got they were beating us by three scores and the, they were beating us by 17 in the fourth quarter starting the fourth quarter and we we won that one that was the one time then after that they weren't even close for the i think the next five weren't even close um and even when i went to carolina would be so that's what i mean to me same old rams but now i would so i get them feeling like there is a lack of respect so what you have to do so really you're to your point what the niners have to understand is just like playing the cardinals I was saying you have a team where you are their rival. They may not be yours. You are their rival. Like the Niners get up for Seattle. This crew right here, this group of guys, that's a rivalry game to them. But you got to understand the other teams are looking at you that way. So you got to match the energy. That's the main thing. It's just matching the energy. And, um, well, first of all, you got to have the players to match it. Because you can go out there and rah-rah all you want. (laughs) But if my ex is better than your O, I'm about to hand you your ass. It's just that it's that simple. Um, so, yes, they need to. You need to be cognizant of the fact that that's how they feel, um, and match that energy, and be prepared. But I don't think you necessarily need to lose that edge. The Niners got to start playing with an edge. You got to be cocky in this game, man. You got, dude. Football players, you you gotta you gotta be that way. You got it, it's like I always guys used to ask me about the DB room, and I was like, I can walk into a DB room and tell you if it's gonna be anything because at the end of the day, you gotta have a bunch of cats in that room that that chase cars and howl at the moon, man. And if you don't, if if I if I look at this room and, and I don't see anybody in there that's willing to chase cars, your secondary is not gonna be good. And if your secondary is no good, your team is not going to be any good. And, it, and you know, you've heard me. One of one of my isms: a team a team goes as far as the secondary takes it. You know that you've been you've been saying that in in, in Eric isms. I not only do I believe it now, but like 
I'm since we started this pod, I'm beginning to realize um, mm-hmm. what the cerebral nature, <laughs> I should say, of the cornerback position or or defensive backs uh, in general. I mean, it, I just started thinking one day, just kind of looking around, like pro football, college football, some of the successful head coaches got that um, that DB background. Uh, you know, some of them were DB coaches, uh, a coach that I work, you know, very close with, you know, out this way. He's got it. He's he's phenomenal coach at the JC level. Nick Mitchell, shout out Nick Mitchell, Golden West wrestlers. Um, but he's a he's a DB coach by trade. And so I'm as you said this stuff, like I've, I've started I've just started connecting the dots here. So I, I definitely believe that that there there's there's absolutely something to that. Well, every everyone always thinks it's simply because I played the position that that's how I feel about well, it. That's but what I thought like at first, too. <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. It's like, oh, he's just trying to prop himself up in the, in the, in the crew up. And I'm like, no, the, the game is built. And, and I said, everyone talks about the big boys up front. And you're right. The, the, the space eaters, you got to have some that's dogs and you got to have some meat up there. You got to have some earth movers. You got to be able to protect against the passers. You got to be able to rush the passer and beat up a quarterback and all of that. But at the end of the day, when you're doing those things, you're stopping the run. You're running all this. At the end of the day, the ball's going to be in the air. The rules are set up for you to be successful through the air. If you can't get it, 49ers fans, if you think I'm lying to you, if you think I'm just, I'm just, you know, grasping for straws, look at this season. How much has it affected the team and their losses by not being able to get the ball out of the air, by DBs running through guys, give, giving up 40-yard chunk plays on pass interference calls, holds at un, in inopportune times, which it's a third and 45 and somebody gets a hold and it's a five yard penalty and a first down because the DBs can't get the ball out of the air. There's not a good team out there that doesn't have a good secondary. It's going to boil down to it. That's what I'm saying. Your team is going to go as far as the secondary takes it in the NFL because the rules are set up for you to make, to take advantage of the secondary. So if you don't have good DBs, you can't win. Yeah, so I, I, that's – and right now the secondary is not good enough. The, the secondary is simply not good enough. You definitely not – you don't have anybody in that secondary good enough to be yelling at coaches getting kicked out of games. I'm sorry. You don't. But – That happened? That's just me. That, so I, I heard that happen. I heard that happen. Um, so This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe <laughs> Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. I think to your point – um, I think this that's where this game will be won or lost on on Monday night. Um, you think if if you if you and I stretch right um, if really going out on a limb there, but if you look at what the Titans or with the Titans, yeah, well, if you look at what the Titans did defensively, uh, but more so if you look at what the Rams did on that Sunday night game, and Matt Staff- Matthew Stafford talked about this, like not being patient, not taking um the play that was there and and you look at the numbers and and, and the rams and, and their explosive plays and, and and how they go for it um stafford didn't necessarily pull back last week and it hurt him he may pull back some this week but i don't think that he's 
going to go completely that direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's yeah. going to he's going to take his shots. He's going to take his chances. And I mean, we talked about this particularly with every single every single quarterback, every every team, every week. Um, but I think even more so this week because that that is a part of their offense. It's not like oh, let's just kind of test these dudes. Like they go for the home run. That that's what the Rams do. Yeah, that's who they are. Yeah. Yeah, and, agreed. And, and your secondary, you you better buckle up. Yeah, I mean, so it's one of those games where you understand what's coming. So from a, so this is a game that the crews that I were in, the rooms that I were in, we would have just been like, okay, this is because we know we're going to get work. You know, you're going to get work. I know I don't have to spend. I know my shoulders won't be sore because I don't have to spend all day. Um, you know, you're playing Tennessee. I, I know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, probably Thursday, I'm going to have sore shoulders because I got to I got to hit King Henry all day and I got to get my mind prepared for that, that I know that this is a game where I'm going to have to, you know, put my nose in this dude's sternum and, and I'm going to have to do it and mean it. It's a different game when you know that you're playing against a team that's going to throw the ball 40 times. I'm playing Kansas City right now. I'm looking at this league. I know the ball's coming. You're playing the Rams. I know it's coming. Guess what? I get the shine. And that's the way they should be looking at this. This is fun because you can't make a play unless they're throwing at you. That's the mindset that you got to have back there. So come on, because guess what? I get to raise my paycheck. I get to raise my salary because that's because I get to show my worth and my value and why I'm on this team. That's the way you got to look at it. These boys got to get the ball out of the air and they're going to come at them. And this is a game right now, the way the Rams are playing, the way the team is structured and more so the mindset that they have the rams so whether lack of respect whether the, that's whether that is false bravado whether it is them just trying to throw up something on the alligator board to get the guys piped up that the niners don't respect them at the end of the day the rams feel like they're better they feel like they're better than the 49ers and they plan on showing it it's a monday night game they just got their butts handed to them. They believe that this they the Rams right now think that they are a championship team, uh, they're and they're going to come in, yeah, and they're going to come in and perform and play like they believe that they are a championship team. McVay is going to try to show it. McVay has lost a lot of football games to Kyle. He, he under he understands the importance for his own personal image. If you think that doesn't matter to coaches, you're lying to yourself. The head-to-head, -head, the competition, the wanting to be the better of the two, he is going to try and show that. So they got to be prepared. They, they have to put themselves in position to understand what, what they're getting because the Rams are going to come in and do their thing. And this is how it is. It's, it, it saddens me to say, but a bad Rams day, they're still better than a good Niners day right now. Uh, that Big facts. So that's, I, I, so I agree with that. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. Um, it's football. It's rivalry. We'll see what can happen. Um, the only thing that the only thing that a Niners loss um, to, for the Rams right now will show me um, is that the Rams aren't a championship team. Not that the Niners are a good team. It'll just show me that the Rams aren't a championship team. Because the championship team won't lose to this Niners team right now. Yeah, I, I I think there's, I think that goes back to what we talked about 
couple weeks ago, right? Going into um this this right after the Bears game, right? This this was going into into last week's contest in, in a sense of has this team turned the corner, right? Jimmy G went home, it was his big homecoming, he had this great performance, the team you know, they, they were able to overcome, you know, a, a rough first half, this, that, or the other. And, you know, had they turned the corner? Like, was this a sign of things to come? Had, had Kyle, you know, sort of realized some things that, you know, as it relates to the quarterback position, as it relates to the way the offense should run, this, that, or the other. Um, and, and you said it, you know, not a large enough sample size, right? And obviously what mm-hmm. happened on Sunday happened on Sunday. And so it, it looks like, you're you're kind of you're just back where you were, right? You're you're back where back where you started from, yeah. essentially. No, no, well, no, not back where they started from. They never they never moved. So that's where you. So you, the question you said you asked was, had they turned the corner? And I was like, I you you know show me. they won a game, but that but they but it was a game that they should have won at that time. And I was like, I don't know. They haven't done anything to show the difference. So I don't think they're back where they started. They just never left. Stagnant. So, so, that, so that's the thing. So that's the thing. We're all looking for that advancement and we are all still looking through the championship lenses of expectation. That's what we're looking through. This is not that team. I uh, was on Tracy Sandler yesterday. I was I was on on her her new pod. She has a pod on the um, Believe Podcast Network now. Hello, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. So I would. I was talking to her and we were having this conversation and I said, this is something that um, I said, I have it. And I had to remove myself from it. That's what I've really done. Cause you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't get into scouting with my heart, but I had to stop looking at the team from a certain perspective. And I said, this is what the faithful is doing. I said, this is what most of um, the writers, I said, you yourself. I said, this is what the writers, the fans, the true faithful that have been through it thick and thick, through, through thick and thin, what everyone is doing. And you may find yourself in this same situation. We are looking at the 49ers as the five-time Super Bowl champion 49ers. The standard set, the team that went 20, 25 years in a row winning double-digit games. Like We were going to win 10 games on a bad season. It was, it was like, like, please, you got it. It was, it was not even thought of. The team that was a perennial championship contender from 19 to the early 2000s, at least, at least to 98. And that's what everyone is looking at right now. Hasn't seen, it hasn't been good in 20 years. You've had, you've had a few years of Jim Harbaugh. You've had one year of Kyle Shanahan. Other than that, this has been a bad team, and we're still looking at the team and the organization as the Niners of the 80s and 90s, and, it, and that stopped in the 90s. This team hasn't been good since the 90s. Dude, it's 2021. The team hasn't been good since the 90s. So we have to stop looking at it saying this is who they are. No, that's the standard. That's where we want to be. That's not who the Niners are right now, and they haven't been that in a long, long time. This is so, and, and, and then I'm, I'm gonna shut up and let you have this one. The Odell Beckham situation. I was asked, somebody asked me about Odell and the Niners, and the Niners not wanting Odell and everything. I said, What makes you think Odell wants to come to the Niners? 
I was, I was like, so that's that's the thing. And, and you know, like, well, he asked about it and all this stuff. I said, that was that one good year. That was after that one good year. I was like, what makes you think that Odell wants to come to the Niners? The Niners aren't a destination spot right now. The Niners aren't a place where veteran players are like, let me get there and do my thing. The organization hasn't, these guys that are in the league right now, a guy who has a 10-year, 15-year career in the league, a guy who's been in this league seven, eight, nine, he hasn't seen good Niners. He's seen a good year, but he hasn't seen good Niners. He hasn't, there's nothing about these people that make it think it's a good organization that understands where they're going. So that's, that's what we have to get out of our heads and be real about, and that's what I've been trying to do to talk to everybody. Love the colors. But I'm not going to sit here and say things are good when they're not. They're good players on the team. Very good players on the team. I think it it goes back to even a, a step further as it relates to the players in the league now. Like you know, as they were growing as as they were growing up, right? Like they didn't they didn't see the Niners have success growing up, right? Like no, and, and, no, and, and it's kind of like how it is here in LA, right? Like for for there's a generation of fans that have never seen the lakers win right and and so yes. so a lot of them you know grew up being clipper fans as they thought the clippers were the better team or, or, the, or yes. the better franchise right and so yeah. um i i think there's something to that but as far as the five time champs i i agree with that but i'd, I'd even pare it down um further to just this season right and the expectations entering this season right you're, you're coming off obviously you're coming off the 19 campaign you make it to the super bowl 2020 all right it was it was a, a litany it was a, injuries mm. at a historical amount right we, you you'll get it back and run it back uh 2021 right that that'll that'll be the, the the chance to be able to do it right to overcome everything that happened in 2020 from from an injury standpoint and then you get here to 2021 and yeah there's been some injuries there's been some key injuries Jason Verrett I mean that is a lot that is a huge injury for this particular team but by no means ha have has the injury rate been at the level that it was in 2020 either by quantity or quality right so there's injuries in football period you you got to be able to work around those things and yep. this team just has not been able to do that but that is that pales in comparison to just the organizational um situation that's going on here and turn things that you talked about in terms of like not having a plan or what's the strategy or what are we going to do here or there um and so i i think i think that is at least for me, that's probably been like the most frustrating thing, right? Because you feel like you have this ready-made, you know, Lamborghini ready to go, and then all of a sudden, like, you, you can't get it up to 60. Uh, well, okay, you and I had this conversation um, off-season, probably like after the draft, um, maybe the pod after the pod. We had this, off, this conversation, and we were talking about the coaching staff. We were talking about Kyle in particular. And I don't remember verbatim what I said, but I do remember talking to you and saying that I'm not sure about Kyle. I know he can coach, but this year is going to tell me a lot about him as a head coach because you have come back from 
the dead with all the injuries, there's no way you're going to have that same amount of injuries. That just doesn't happen in the league. And it hasn't happened. Guys are going to get hurt, but not at the um, percentages that guys were hurt last year. You know, and I say, and I said, I get to see how he's going to handle things and what he's going to do. And I said, I got to be honest about it. If I see it, it doesn't seem like it's working. Because what, what did I say? I said, everyone is in love and everyone's talking about the, the, the brilliance of everything. I said, but he's a losing head coach. His record says so. And he's the guy that lost the Super Bowl. Kind of like Jim Harbaugh, you know? I mean, that's another guy who lost the Super Bowl. Can't do that. You can't do that. So I just wanted to see. And the difference is that at least Jim, at Jim won games. Jim had the locker room that won game. He had a talented locker room, and he was able to actually finish and win games consistently with it. Kyle hasn't been able to do that. Um, and, you know, and the other thing, the other thing that I want to talk about, is because everyone's, you know, like you can't count Kyle's record because he took over a bad game. You can't, you can't count what, you can't um, count the first couple of years because they had to build the roster. McVay took over a bad team. Um, um, this kid, what's his name, over in is Kingsbury, over in um, you know, Arizona, he took over a bad team. Okay. Um, um, what's, what's his name, McDermott up in Buffalo? He took over a bad team. Um, they, they're winning. They, they turn the corner, and they're winning consistently. Hell, for that matter, Andy Reid took over a bad team. And they're winning consistently. So um, I can't give you a pass for taking over a bad team, especially when you're same colors. Jim Harbaugh took over a bad team. Well, that, that's Not part of the gig, right? I mean, that's part that's of the part. gig, right? That's that's why you got hired, right? I mean, who 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 gets hired to take over a good team, right? It very Absolutely. rarely does that happen, right? I mean, it, it, it's rare. That, Mike Tomlin is one of the few guys that did that. Um, you know, John Harbaugh, you know, he was able to take over. It, it, very few guys get the opportunity to take over a good team because the coaches don't do that. I mean, you know, um, uh, George Seifert, you know, he was able to do it and consistently continue to win. I mean, you know, he took over and won two more Super Bowls. So I think that's a pretty good deal right there. And, and you know, he does not get his, get his respect. They never even considered this guy for the Hall of Fame. George was a really good coach. They don't even consider him. They don't even talk about it. But anyway, we are back to Kyle right now. So that's – so I'm just saying Kyle uh, is in a situation to where he's got to start coaching his tail off. He's got to start figuring out how to get guys moving and get them going in the right direction. Um, because they're not performing. What does that look like, though, from a result standpoint? When you Wins. say coaching is tell off, wins. And wins. Are, are you are you talking twenty twenty one? Are you talking twenty twenty two and beyond? Now he's got to start winning. He's yeah. Kyle has to start winning. He you, you you're you're beyond the point. You, no, go ahead. What were you about to say? I I think we're past that point for twenty twenty one at least. Like I I, no. I mean. I think we all have an idea of, of how this thing is going to go Monday. And, and once it does, I mean, I, I, I think it's time to, it's time to sit 10. It's time to put in five and let's just okay. start, let, let's just start preparing for, you know, the future. Well, even with that, you still have to win. So you say, what does this thing look like with Kyle? 
Um, yeah, but, but I, I think I think if you do that, I think winning becomes less of a focal point if you're trying to groom no. this young quarterback. No, never. I mean, this, season, this do, season is a wash. Everything. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But you're saying what does Kyle coaching his butt look butt off look like? It's about this roster is good enough to win football games. It's so even if you switch out personnel, and I think in some positions you need to switch out personnel because this is I've said it before. If I'm losing with you, why not try to win without you? So you got to you can't keep putting the same people out there and saying that this is the best I've got. If you're getting your butt handed to you, you got to make some changes. If you're saying it's not the personnel, then it's got to be the coaches. Because if you're saying that these are the absolute best guys I got on my roster and this is our best chance to win and you're putting out performances like last week, then somebody screwed up and somebody's got to be accountable for it. So it's either the people who are picking the roster, it's the people who are coaching the roster, or it's the people on the roster. Yeah, but you that, six year, that six year extension says ain't nobody going nowhere. That no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You, I, I don't, I don't conceive of, I don't see it possible that this year or next year, either one of them will be relieved of their duties. Um, it just depends on it. Depends. That's a on, lot of time to be paying for a coach who's not on your staff and a GM for uh, that matter. Uh, well, you got rich people that run these these organizations, and um, and and that's the thing that everyone just assumes that the money is going to save you, uh, not necessarily because they're going to make their money. This, they're going to make their money regardless. Now they may be angered about it, but they're going to make their money. Yeah, yours is not going to lose money if he fires everybody upstairs. He's not going to lose money because the television, the the television contract, the ten year deal that they got, he knows how much money he's got coming. He, he's 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 got hundreds of millions of dollars coming, you know, so he can he can afford to fire a coach and move on and write off that loss. So they, they can he can afford to do that. Now, the question is, how much rope do you give this guy based on performance? And that's what this league is about. You, you've heard me say that you can't hide in the NFL. It doesn't matter what the gig is. If you are not good at your job. It is going to show, and you're going to get fired. So wins, Kyle, everyone. Do I think Kyle is a good play designer, play caller, smart offensive mind? Yes. Do I think he's a good teacher? Yes. Doesn't matter. You're the head coach now, and you are a manager. You're a CEO. You are patient in the direction that it goes by one thing. Not whether or not you raise the pupil, not whether or not you are able to draft um, talent, wins. And Kyle is not winning. So him being a good coach doesn't matter. There are a lot of guys that are good. I think Vic Fangio up in Denver right now, I think he's a great coach. He's a great coach. He's one of the best coaches I ever had. But if he doesn't win more football games, he's going to get fired from being a head coach. But he's a very good coach. Mike Nolan is a very good coach. Mike Nolan wasn't, he didn't win as a head coach. Mike Singletary, he didn't win as a head coach. And you see it all the time. If you can't win, it doesn't matter. Kyle's got to win. So that starts right now. And so, and the evaluation has to, it, I think, is still underway. So you get, if, if you get railed, 
if you get railed by the Rams, how do you play? Because, see, that's the thing that I'm saying. Are, are you losing games like last week where there's no hope? Or are you getting beaten by better teams? Because now it is, it's not the system. It's not, it's not the coaching staff. It's not the, it's, it's the players. you got to upgrade the talent. Because, like I said, it's got to be one. If, 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 if either the players on your roster or it's the position you're putting those players in, it's one or the other. Because if everything was right, you wouldn't be losing. And he and, and Kyle, bottom line, Kyle Shanahan is a losing head coach. He's a losing head coach. That's what that's what his record says. What his record says. That, that's what it, that's exactly what his record says. Um, this is yeah. the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Um, as it relates to Monday night, uh do you see what do you see from the quarterback position? Do you see all Jimmy? Do, what, what, do you, what do you think happens there? Um, well, it's Monday night football. Um, I think you'll see a sprinkle. You'll see a sprinkle of Trey. That's why I asked. Um, in That's there. Exactly why I and um, and uh, because it's Monday, it's Monday. And, you know, we have to you have to um, accentuate the, the positive future. That's what you're. That's what they're going to try and do. I think you will see him out there some, which goes back into the whole thing I've been saying all year long. That's a part. That's been a part of the problem. No plan, no direction, not knowing where where they're going. Um, oh yeah, and to all of those who who um, were on in, on Twitter talking about, I didn't know what I was talking about. Like Jimmy's never been a leader. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All you, you're wrong. Everyone who's saying Jimmy Garoppolo is not a leader and Jimmy Garoppolo has never been a leader on this team. None of you thought that in 2019. There's not a single, there's not a single 49er fan that in 2019 didn't think that Jimmy Garoppolo could stand in a huddle and get guys' attention, could stand in the locker room and say something of, of substance that could stand on the sideline and get guys going. There is not one person that believes that. That that, uh, that one hundred percent. I mean, they they had the Kittle and Garoppolo uh, twenty t shirts. You know, they were running Thank for you. president and everything. Thank you. It, it was Thank all you. it was all good. You know, it was all it was it was it was all giggles and everything in in nineteen. Absolutely, absolutely. He yeah. could do no wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. But so they're saying. So everyone was getting up, coming back to me, responding, saying that he he's not a leader. He's never been a leader. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So and if that's how you feel, then that explains the problem because guys the quarterback of an nfl franchise is the de facto leader the guy that they give the keys to the locker room that's that's it he has the keys to the franchise he has the keys to the locker room he is the leader of that of the men he's the leader of men doesn't make he doesn't have to be the best player on your roster but he is the de facto leader doesn't make him as i said it doesn't make him the most talented player it doesn't necessarily make him the the pulse and the energy. It doesn't make him the heartbeat of the team, but he is the leader. And that leader was kneecapped. He was hamstrung this offseason. And we talked about it. And I told you guys, I told you that he, uh, he, I mean, the head coach told everybody, I wanted somebody else. I don't want this guy. I tried to get other guys. I was upset when I couldn't get certain guys. I drafted another guy to replace him. 
I'm in love with this other guy. Now I need this guy. You, it's over. It's over. You can't do that. You, you can't, you can't tell this guy and you can't tell he's a dead man walking. You can't tell him. You, you're telling me that this dude's a dead man walking. Now you want me to listen to him. It doesn't work that way. And I, so the whole plan and setup it was wrong. He set him up for failure. And I said, I got, I said, you know, the only, the only hope is if Jimmy is a, I'm a do it in spite of guy. Now I know Jimmy is not an in spite of guy. Jimmy is not, I'm going to do this my way regardless. Cause I'm out of here. I played with some guys that were that way. Hell I was that way. I, I, you set me up for failure. I guess what? If, since, if you don't want me, okay, I'm going to audition for everybody else. I'm going to show them what I can do. Jimmy's not that type guy. And it is an issue, but everyone who's talking about he's not, a, he was never a leader. No, he's not the leader now because Kyle took that from him, but he was the leader of this team. And they won when he was in that position and when Kyle put him in that position. Yeah. I, the, the irony of that, the, 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 he's got a guy playing behind him and then, the other guy is going to be playing opposite him on Monday night. So it's all going to come. It's all, yeah. it's all going to come, all going to butt heads here Monday night uh, inside the field of jeans. Uh, time now for your keys, ED. Time now for ED's keys. We got the Niners and the Rams Monday night football inside the field of jeans. First meeting between these two teams uh, this season. Uh, Niners in search of a home, in search of a win desperately, but especially a home win, have not won inside Levi's in quite some time, ironically enough, since the last time they played the Rams uh, a season ago. Uh, so your keys now, ED. Um, we've already discussed in some aspect of it. You can be prepared to get the ball out of the sky. Uh, they're going to try and run this. This secondary uh, has shown that they have difficulty dealing with deep balls. Uh, you've got a team that's going to push the ball down the field, so be prepared for that. Uh, it's going to be important to be able to make plays in, in uh, the passing game, which comes down to also getting after the quarterback. Matthew Stafford showed last week that he is Matthew Stafford. Once you pressure him, that he, he hasn't forgotten how to be Matthew Stafford. Um, and in crucial situations, he can be that guy. Um, interesting. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, you're going against one of the better teams in the league and he turned into that guy. Um, so, you pressure him, you have an opportunity to get him to make mistakes, take advantage of the mistakes that other teams um, give you. The Niners haven't done, done a, a good uh, job of that this season, taking advantage of what they've been presented with. That's part of it. Um, and then from the Niners' standpoint, I think this is one of those games where you got to put out, pull out all the stops. This is, this is trick plays in special teams. This is this is test your rules. This is test your rules offensively. This is the reverses and double passes and all. It's it's test aggressiveness and make some plays um, because I'm not going to get back into run the ball and run the offense and do all these things because there has not been one moment where I can look at it and say this game they were consistent enough to do those things and win. You'll have a you'll have a quarter. You'll have a half. You'll have a series. But you haven't seen a consistent game plan that says we can we can do this and beat you. So since you know that you are not the team that can line up and do what you do to beat someone, pull out all the stops. That's that's the way I think you go into this game. 
Let's 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 see if uh if 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 Kyle lets it fly in that way. I I I think um I think it would behoove them to do so. Uh, especially I mean, if nothing less, try to convert on some of those, get that crowd energized and early going, get them behind you, get them rallying uh around you, and see if you can kind of feed off of that and, and allow it to carry you uh throughout the rest of the night. Um, before we get out of here, uh, Jalen Hurd. Uh, was waived by the Niners. Um, unfortunate, right? Just unfortunate it had to be this way. Uh, guy, obviously he's got a lot of talent. Just couldn't couldn't be healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Um, just kind of one injury after another. Uh, this is something that we've talked about though. Um, just in terms of like the business of football, right? Like, um, you know, if and when you know this would take place, and and uh, I mean, you alluded to it, you know, before the start of the season. I don't know if it, it might have been on pod after the pod, but you know, we we were talking about it, and it was one of those things where if he can't make the opening day roster, then you probably yeah, have that's to what ties. I said. And now yeah. we're midway through the season, and and they decided to do so. But you just think about the you, you think about hopefully he gets a situation. Hopefully he gets himself worked out, and, and and he gets healthy, and he can land somewhere, and 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 begin to have a, a productive career. But from a Niners perspective, I'll, I'll say this much, it, it's, sort of, it's sort of a microcosm of just the way this season has gone. Obviously, roster spots are valuable, right? And so you look at yeah. that and where that spot could have gone. Um, you look at just all the, the injuries and ineffectiveness in the secondary, you know, maybe being able to do something with that spot in, in that particular room. Um, what, what do you, what do you think about this now? I mean, now they do it, you know, halfway during the season. Um, well, that it, it epitomizes the changing in philosophy that the Niners um, have now, as opposed to when this team was the perennial franchise, when it was the paramount franchise in the league. Um, Jalen Hurd and the way it was handled will keep a guy a year too long as opposed to getting rid of a good player a year too early. See, I grew up with the Niners and the good organizations. You move on from a player a year too soon as opposed to riding that player until the brakes fall off. That's what that because you're you've got to you, the standard is the standard. And when someone else gets close to that, you got to move on because we always said it. We, we knew as Niners, they are looking for someone to replace us. So you got to get better every day. That's the competition mindset. You every single day, 25 was going to be better than 25 was yesterday. And if 25 is on the field getting that opportunity, then guess what? If I improve the next guy, even if with his production, he still didn't close that gap. And when someone they thought was remotely close, then guess what? We got to flip the switch and we, we have to do it. That's how it used to be. So Jalen Hurd, I told you, if he doesn't make it out of training camp, you got to let him go. I was asked a couple of weeks ago about Jalen Hurd. Do I ever think he's going to play for the Niners? You can go back and check the receipts. I said, no, it was a simple answer. No, he's never going to play uh, because you his body, it's not, it has nothing to do with him personally. His body failed him. And if you can't stay healthy enough to get on the field, then that's it. He's been, he's, he hasn't been healthy enough to play two games in a row since he's been in uniform. With, so he hadn't been able to touch the field two games in a row. So that right there, wanting to 
Think about this, Niner fans, faithful. The wanting to, the hoping, the desire to get something out of something that has shown you is not there. That is an issue. That's an issue with this. That's why, that's why I've said across the board, I, I've said you can't make you can't make Raheem Mostert your number one guy. H- how do you do that? How do you not draft as much as I as much as I love JV? I was like, that's it. But you gotta get some other guys around him. You, you gotta get some healthy guys. You gotta have some guys and people in position that can show you. The only position that everyone talks about is a quarterback. You got to upgrade a quarterback because Jimmy's not hurt. I mean, Jimmy's hurt. But everyone would argue with me that Raheem Mostert and his importance to the offense, not saying that it's not there. The importance of the running back position to this offense is huge. But everyone argues with me saying, um, you know, you know, you're just hating and all of this stuff. Like, no, I'm just saying if the guy gives me six games a year, I can't build an offense around it. So to not replace that doesn't make sense. Same in the secondary. We, so all, so we, can, we can go across the board and look at the things that aren't there and what they haven't done. But that's what I mean. That right there epitomizes a changing in philosophy, and you got to fix that. Because you can't continue to ride a guy with the hopes that he's going to play because the most talented player in the world can't help me win if he's on IR. Yeah, that's uh, that, that – I think that – there, there. I think that kind of goes towards not necessarily the injury standpoint, but just in terms of um, the particular the particular players, right? And and to the hoping you see something out of someone versus it actually being there. I think that kind of, I mean, that resonates in in different rooms uh, on that football team. Um, so we'll see. And we obviously wish nothing but the best for Jalen Hurd. Hopefully. Um, you know, he, he's able to, you know, get himself back healthy and, and, yeah. and, and get, and get, going. um, it'd be the Niners and the Rams Monday night football ESPN, uh, be five fifteen local time here, uh, on the West coast ESPN, uh, ESPN two. I think the Mannings are going to be doing their thing on ESPN two. If, if you're into that and want to see what they say about Jimmy or Trey or whatever, um, we will, of course, be back to break this thing down um, once once it's complete uh, next week. Um, as always, want to encourage you and remind you to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you find your podcast. Go ahead and hit, hit that like or follow button. Go ahead and click uh, the subscribe button on on uh, YouTube. Give us a like on YouTube as well. You can like every episode. You can like it or dislike it. You know, just do something. Say something uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, on YouTube as well. So. For my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We will see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.